Welcome to part two of the 60th episode of It Wasn't Me, a true crime podcast where we discuss murders that intrigue us. I am Cindy. And I'm Mercedes. Thank you for listening to last week's episode where Cindy introduced us to Rock Terrio, whose story she's going to continue in this episode. Our show is often horrifying and graphic, and we will use offensive language. So if you have kids, put them away for a while and join us for a murder. Also, we are very passionate and always have been about true crime. But we must warn you, sometimes we will make jokes and we will laugh during this podcast. Want to learn more about us? Visit our website at ItWasn'tMeTrueCrime.com to find links to our our social media pages. We drop a new episode every Friday morning. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you don't miss out. Thanks for listening. And if you are even slightly entertained by our Southern Charm, please leave us a five-star rating along with a comment. If not, please let us know how we can improve. Yes, please. Please recommend our podcast to your friends and family and share the love. What's up, lady? Hey, how are you? I'm doing okay. I've been fighting with, arguing with people on Facebook today. What you been doing? Oh, yeah. I don't even get into that no, at all. No, at no. all. Yeah. I did, who knew that the impeachment process was such a hard thing to understand? Yeah, it's just, um, it's just too emotionally charged right now for me to discuss that with anyone. Well, it's not even discussing the impeachment itself. It's just, I mean, like, it's not, it was just about people saying, oh, well, he hasn't been impeached. Um, yes, he has. And yes, now twice. Has, They're right. like, no, that's not how it works. I'm like, mm, I'm pretty certain it is. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So do you want to explain to people how it works for those who don't um, know? Yeah. In the event that you don't know, um, yes, the impeachment process, the impeachment part by the House of the Rep- House of Representatives, United States House of Representatives, it's like the indictment. As in the Constitution. Yes. 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 It states so, lay, it's laid out in Article 2. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Or is it Article 4? I'm pretty sure it's Article 4. Or might two. be the... Go ahead and I'll look it up. Yeah. So anyway, the House of Representatives is like the... They, they are the indictment. They charge you. Article the president, 2 of the right. Constitution. And then... The, That's the executive power. Oh. And then if they find substantial evidence, da, 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 it goes to the... Then if they vote on it. And if they have more than two thirds of a vote or two thirds of a vote, then they're guilt. Then they're the president is impeached. Yes. Yes. The impeachment just means that he's going to be called to trial, which he'll be put on. Correct. Correct. That's literally like what the word means. (laughs) And so then it goes to the Senate. Right. Then the Senate decides if he is removed from office or not. Right. Right. So yes, he's been impeached and now he's been impeached twice, just like Clinton was impeached once and Andrew Jackson. So. Right. And was Nixon impeached or he resigned? No, he resigned before. Okay. Because there was, um, that's what I was like. There was four articles of. Right. Um, I, I believe it's article two section. I don't remember. But there, what it I was thinking is four. articles of impeachment. There were like four charges, basically. That's where I was getting the four from for Nixon. Okay. And then, so he actually resigned before because it would have gone. He would have been. It, the, it didn't even go through a vote yet. So. I'm going to look that up because I don't know if I'm right. All right. Well, anyway, I don't want to talk about that because, you know, I, I feel like my this podcast is kind of like my get away from the freaking reality of the world. Mm-hmm. And you I really I mean? try not to get dragged into it, but just sometimes everyone's you're on, so, on our- you're, you're so into social media though. And you're so emotionally, like you respond to that. And I just like, whatever, I'm going back in my shell. I me, I'm like a turtle and I just don't let it bother me. I uh, just- Usually I just read the article one, and- section two, excuse me, article one, section two. Well, okay. I- anyway, <laughs> can we move forward? 
Yes. But I, you know, I do think that that's important for them, for people to hear, not them, but you know, anyone who is curious about what an impeachment is, you mm -hmm. know, if you haven't like looked in your, looked at your constitution lately that she, you know, that's listed, that's actually, you know, in the constitution, article one, section two. Right. Well, so this one particular person was like, here, let me help you out and put the link to the Senate's impeachment process. And she goes, mm -hmm. read this. Let, let me help you out. And she posted it there. So I took a screenshot of it and cut it and highlighted the part. And I said, well, here, let me help you out right here where it says they find them, they can convict them, you know, the impeached official. It literally says that in the screenshot that you just gave me. <laughs> so I'm such a smart ass. I was like, oh no, let me, she deleted just let it go. It's not worth it. She deleted all of it. So anyway, I'm moving on because you know how this talk makes me anxious. Um, well, a while back, on episode 51, you told us about the Twitter killer. Um, remember the guy from Tokyo that you told us about that he mm -hmm. lured people to his apartment? Yes. Well, I looked him up because my daughter-in-law is from Japan. So I was telling her about this guy. She's like, oh. And so we looked it up. I was showing it to her and he was found guilty. He was. Uh -huh. So I think when you left off, he was, he still had to go to trial. Yes. And but he was saying he didn't want to, uh, he was saying that his, his attorneys were trying to get him off on the fact that he was like their, um, assisted suicide. Right. Guy. Right. And which I guess he was found guilty. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and, um, and by the way, when you're found guilty of a murder in Japan, it's death by hanging. Wow. So that's to come. But yeah, I thought that was, um, you will hang until you're dead. Yeah. And then she told me about this other, um, that, uh, um, another murder that happened there when she was in middle school. Mm. So that's on my list to do. I remember Ooh. do that. Uh, it's late. It's, it's, I have so many in the wings right now that, um, it's somewhere down the line, but that will be our next Tokyo nice not, not tokyo but yokusuka so we'll go there yes all right so, oh so yeah. it's, you said it's a yokusuka uh Yuska is where this one that she that i'm going to do later oh is. okay okay all right so are you ready to hear more about our our weekly sicko yeah so it's rock terio right yeah. and um just to review uh can you remind me a little bit about him yes now i've seen it a couple of different places where it's either roche or rock spelt out like okay a rock. Roche. that's right but so I don't know. Um, I was going to listen to a little clip of a video to see if like how they pronounced it, but I like phonetically someone actually had spelt it out and you know how this is how it's pronounced. So I didn't get a chance today to listen to the video to see how someone else pronounced it. So for now, we're just going to move right along. So okay. we left off where he had hit his wife in the face a few times and left and her. Was she pregnant room. at that time? Wasn't she? Yes. Or not? She was pregnant. She was pregnant. Time. Yes. And he had like a following of other like mm -hmm. women that he was having sex with and whatnot. She's like, no, I don't like this. Is that right? Or yeah, am I like she was getting, we didn't really talk about if he was having sex with them or not. That hasn't been revealed yet. Okay. But they, um, he definitely has their attention. He's, you know, and the wife was kind of, the new wife was kind of getting disgruntled. About so do you think it was him like holding back the sex or was it them? Like it, sex was never involved. No, they probably were having sex. It just hasn't been revealed in the research yet. That part's okay. not like maybe okay. important yet. Okay. I don't know. But All right. so that's where we left off. Oh, and they, you know, they started their little health clinic and now he's like yes. treating people and. Okay. That's right. They were like a holistic healing place if you had cancer mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. Okay. Right. I remember now. And Thank you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's been a long week. <laughs> yeah. It has. 
Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. So I'm going to pick up in um, June of 1978. And let me tell you, the more I got into this, the, the sicker he gets and the longer this, I can't believe we've never heard, I've never heard of this man before. So this is probably going to go on for like, I mean, it could be another episode. All right. Okay. Hey, so, I like that. <laughs> so in June of 1978, in spite of the financial success of this healthy living clinic, um, despite the success, they were having some issues, some serious issues. First, there was outstanding debts. So they were bringing in money, but they were spending, I mean, you understand how debts work. So (laughs) (laughs) maybe Um, I don't, that's part of the problem. (laughs) Right. Um, The second issue is that the police were constantly surveilling them. Okay. Why? Because, because of the lady who died, remember how the cancer patient. Okay. Okay. So a man brought his wife there and um, he was, remember the juice? He was like, they, you, they were treating okay. her cancer with juices yes. and that sort of thing. Well, um, so they were on the police radar at this point. They were like, okay. Yeah. I mean, cause they were kind of hippy dippy looking like I like, I mean, it was the sixties and seventies. So I guess by 1978, I don't know, they just were, sta- they were standing out. The third issue is that um, the cutting off of the health and food missionary literature supplies from their former friends, the Seventh Day Adventist? So there, there was enough. They were having issues with them because of their problems. So they up and they moved. That so was their get away from the Seventh Day Adventist who was cutting them off. With yeah, yeah. Okay, so you can't be under our guys anymore. Can't be under our umbrella anymore. Get okay. out. Well, then the so you're not under them. The police are on to you. They're paying attention more than usual, and they have debts. And plus, they're probably, you know, telling people, come see us, we're, you know, we're religious, we are part of the Seventh-day Adventist, and come Mm -hmm. heal yourself, and the Seventh-day Adventists are like, "Uh, no. Exactly. They're not us, so don't use our name. Yeah, okay. Right, because he was um, expelled from the church. Right. So they they were totally trying to wash their hands. So Terrio loaded um, everybody into vehicles, and they set out. They were like on the road, like a little caravan. They wandered from town to town. Now, some of these towns I will not be able to pronounce because- yeah, Well, you don't really have to, do you? <laughs> I don't think so. Story? Okay. So they were just going town to town. <clears throat> well, by July, they found themselves in a, in a wilderness of Gaspé Peninsula. Okay. Maybe like a conservation, wilderness conservation. Uh, right. It was here that Terrio disclosed to the group his vision future. Terrio told the group that the world would end February 17th, 1979. And he says that amid a storm of hail, earthquakes, lightning, you know, every weather disaster known to man was going to bring the world to an end. It's all going to happen at one time on February 17th. He told them that the commune were God's chosen people. And, excuse me, and only if they made a righteous life for themselves in the scrub of Appalachian foothills. So are they on the Appalachian foothills? I mean, I guess it probably goes all the way up there. Okay. I didn't know they went all the way to Canada. Did they come into the United States? Maybe I'm wrong. Well, where's, I don't know where the Gaspy, Gaspé? That's in, that's in, um, in, uh, Ontario or Quebec. Let me check Quebec. That's in Mm -hmm. Quebec. So, I mean, I guess the, 
I mean, I guess that mountain range goes all the way up there. That I'm not, I'm not sure of that. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure. But Terrio said that he would be their guide. Yeah, okay? they go up into Canada. Yeah. I did not That's know that. That's what he does. I did not know that either. I'm, I'm not great with a lot of geography as far as. But it's a whole mountain are. range. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it that is. makes sense that we, we just think, you yeah. know, North Carolina. <laughs> no, we don't. They no. start in Georgia. Well, I think Boone mainly because okay. there's a college there with that name. Probably that's probably right. why. <laughs> okay. So they set out on foot. It seems like it would be really cold even in July, but I could be wrong. Okay. I don't know what the temperature in the summer months. I can't imagine that it's too hot. So he's leading these people kind of like into an isolated wilderness. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Somebody right. else is doing this right about this time, too. So. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so he leads them into the, into the hills from this village. And on July 9th, 1978, they hiked for two days until they found an isolated hill beside a small body of water um, known as Dry Lake. I guess that's the English translation, okay. Dry Lake. Terry named um, this little area Eternal Mountain. And it was here that the group made their new home. They erected a tent town. So like tent city, we've seen those before. Mm-hmm. Um, they spent a week retrieving tools from cars and then began construction on a large communal cabin. They worked at least 17 hours a day clearing this land and occasionally getting supplies from a near village. Now, I mean, is this like government land? Is this somebody has so much land that they don't notice this, these people are squatting there? Because, I mean, you just can't come in and start building a house. Well, if it's somewhere out in the wilderness and nobody's paying attention, I guess, you know. Right. So uh, Jacques and Claude hacked into the, the ground with a shovel and a pickaxe where the center of the cabin would be, um, working all day long to dig like a well. So we have the two, two guys digging a well. When they finally reached the water table, Roche declared it a miracle. It's a miracle. There's <laughs> water under the earth <laughs> that we're digging in. thought that was pretty well known, but, you know. So they worked in their, like, regular little uniform clothing that we talked about in the first uh, part one. So they worked in these tunics and when tripping over these became inconvenient and dangerous, he commissioned new uniforms. Okay. Dark blue wraparound short shrifts. Okay. I'm not entirely certain what that is. And Terrio rationed their food. And if anyone complained about being hungry, he would punish them by restricting their rations. So you're really going to find out what it's like to be hungry if you complain about being hungry. Seems like a real stand up. Are you looking up shrifts? Yeah, I'm thinking that you might mean shift, like a no. Shift. Did I uh, add an R? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. So that's just kind a of like woman, a long. Wait, hold on. You might shift a woman's shirt-like undergarment, loosely fitting dress that hangs straight. Yeah, it's a shift. Is it like a man dress? Like, um, but when well, they trip over that, I've team? only heard it associated with um, women, usually petite mm-hmm. women. But um, a shift is kind of like you know. Like a t-shirt dress. Sure. Whatever. Right. <laughs> Terrio's So he's stomach. rationing their food and punishing them by starving mm-hmm. them. Yes. Where, and they're getting their food from the village. And yes. they're growing their food, or, or I guess they're getting to that point. Yes. So Terrio's stomach pains 
came back. Remember how I had the stomach pains? He had the, the ulcers and stuff uh-huh. before. So, and I guess he called it his cancer, like he had cancer. And this prevented him from participating in the hard labor. Oh Lord, he is just like all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. His role was much more important for their spiritual salvation. Oh, yeah. So he would um, impress upon his uh, followers that... Everyone in the outside world, especially their families, were oppressors um, of their righteousness. And they were doomed to die for all of eternity for the unforgivable harm and, um, that they had inflicted on these poor, innocent souls. So their oh. families were going to gonna go burn in hell. They were oppressing them and their righteousness. And, you know, he is just batshit crazy. Okay, well, I'm sorry. It takes kind of um, a certain person to fall for that shit anyway. I mean, I think so, but God. yeah, it's pretty bad. So for, um, for some time this, or I'm sorry, for some of the people who are on the commune and made this trip with him, this pilgrimage or whatever, it was just too much. And they were like, yeah, I don't think we can do this. Exactly. So Yolande, I'm assuming I'm saying that correctly, who okay. had joined the group with her friend Gabrielle back at the, the resort that Lake Rousseau, mm-hmm. um, they had headed back to France because they remember they were the ones that one, one was French Canadian and one was just from France. <clears throat> they started, they claimed that their passport or that her passport had to, um, was expired. Um, Mark, who had joined the healthy living clinic with his wife and child and who had also given Thoreau all their money. Remember the people who like mm-hmm. sold all their worldly possessions. They, um, they loaded the little bit that they had left into a wagon and headed back for civilization. So they were like, Okay, are we talking like a little red wagon? Are we talking like a western wagon? Are we talking a station wagon? Or I'm gonna go back first. This sounds so pioneerish. It it is, and 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 it and I pictured like a pioneer wagon, but I doubt. I'm thinking maybe maybe like an in between kind of. I don't know if it's a you know a red rider or whatever the red wagon. What was that? Red wagon. Radio flyer. The radio flyer, right. that's the red, yeah. the red wagon. So um, they headed back to civilization because remember they walked. They just left. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. I mean. um, Roche didn't do anything to stop him, but he made it clear that, um, that they were evil in the eyes of God. So, uh, okay. You know, he wasn't too concerned about keeping them around either. Right. So when it was all done in September, the cabin consisted of a single open room with a floor made of pounded wood rounds with the well in the center. I mean, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Like the well in the center of the room? Yeah, I don't know what that means. So um, it had a ceiling made of mossy, twiggy, bark-covered logs and rooms consisting of only meter-high partitions and bedsheets hung as curtains. So it was very, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, have you ever used curtains, uh, bed sheets as curtains? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) But but I'm just saying that like, I mean, all right, because I'm like, wait a minute, wait, am I the only one here who's done this? (laughs) No, I mean, not like for long term, but no, I mean, I've got like, you should see the room I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) No, you have real curtains in there. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I really did it for the sound effect, but it's really right. driving me nuts. But anyway, we're not going to talk my decor right now. <laughs> All right. So, so this is, is it, uh-huh. is it, how big is it? Like how, how many people are still there and how big is this? Well, two left. There was originally like what, 10 or 10 to 12. Is his wife still with him or did he just leave her completely? Uh, no, she's still there. 
All right. And so obviously they've probably had a a child. So are there children running around? We're getting there. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to picture how many people are in this one room cabin. Mm -hmm. And with like partitions. Oh, okay. There are part. Oh, okay. See. Yeah. So, um, so this was to be their home until God wrath on the world and called them home. It was also a place of merriment. I like that. Of merriment. Where Terrio would organize skits and songs. So, I mean, I guess so they weren't bored out of their minds. They would. To commemorate his new life, Terrio gave them all new names. All right. (laughs) And he chose these names from the Old Testament. Of course he did. Now, the, all, but a lot of these cult leaders do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, David Koresh's name wasn't David Koresh. Right. I mean, and it was David, King David, and then... The guy Koresh. that I did from um, Durham Raleigh also did it, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know if Michael Ryan did it. Mm, I, don't, I don't remember. I can't remember. Okay. So he decided to call himself whatever is French for Moses. Okay. So I'm going to say Moses. All right. So he, I mean, in the event so he that- called himself a French version of Moses, which was like Moise or Moise. I don't know. Yeah, I'm that's not- why I'm, I'm not going there. So the leader of Exodus from the depraved modern world, if you didn't know who Moses was, um, he was their pappy or poppy. poppy? Sure. Okay, sure. Poppy. And his wife, Giselle, was their mommy. However you say, okay, mommy or mommy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you should listen to these. <laughs> You always pick the hardest languages. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. Okay. You should- <laughs> so he was there. We're going to go with pop- Poppy, Pappy, and she was there, Mammy. <laughs> Pappy and Mammy. Okay. I mean, <laughs> Pappy and Mammy. Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> so they were getting, they were collecting welfare. So everyone was collecting welfare. Everyone at the commune. Yes. They had a monthly budget of around $1,400 in Canadian money. And that was probably a huge amount. In 1970. In 1978, yeah. 1979. Holy. It was probably, you know, this that probably was a like, lot in, in 2000. I mean, it's probably like $6,000 $6, a month. What are you, are you going to look it up? I can. Yeah, look it up. $1,400 and just in today. I mean, because Canadian money and, okay. you know, it's not, it's around the same. Um, dollars. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to, so in October, Giselle or Mammy, she was six months pregnant. She was, so she was still pregnant and she went $5,500. Well, it's close. Yeah. Yeah. So she went to Moses, Mammy went to Pappy, Poppy, whatever, Moses. Um, she said that the women who had not been married were lonely. Oh, so Terrio relayed this insight to the other girls, thus giving them the impression that Mammy had been the first to think of it. So a few nights later, Nicole, whom Roche had married to the uninterested jocks. Remember how he married them all off and paired them all up. Mm -hmm. So Nicole was married to jocks. Um, Nicole confided that she and Moses has had intercourse while everyone else was working. So this is the first revelation of them having sex. This hurt Giselle. Okay, um, I'm gonna, okay hold on. Let's listen real quick. Mommy? Mammy. Mammy. Okay, so you're close. Mammy, Mammy. It sounds pretty That's close. my southern way. Mammy. <laughs> okay, so it's probably like mommy, mammy, mama. I don't know. All right. So, <laughs> so this is odd to me. So she's telling everybody... 
she's telling him that the other girls are lonely or is he just saying that that she said that i think she she said well they're kind of lonely so then he used it like hey nicole you know giselle said you were lonely let me uh-huh. let me make you not lonely well then it came out and this hurt giselle because she's married to this man you know she married him she's pregnant with this child uh she fled from the cabin but an enraged terrio pulled her down squeezed his hands around her throat so he's abusing her again so she was afraid for her life and Giselle agreed to return back to the compound because she was hurt by him sleeping with Nicole. So she was going to run away into the wilderness, I guess. And he chased her down, choked her. And she, because of her being scared, she agreed to go back to the compound. So Moses declared that all the communal marriages other than the one between himself and Giselle were, vo- were void because they weren't really married in the first place. Okay. He, said they were so he's, he's annulling them sure yeah let's annul them okay well they're you're annulled he began marrying the women himself okay sure <laughs> including gabrielle the 20 year old girl with multiple sclerosis okay um though apparently he did not try to have sex with her because she was All kind right. of like an invalid is okay the way i understood it he did have sex with his other wives though um, and the rebellious Solange was the last to fall to his seduction. Yeah. Yeah. The one exception was Maurice. And she was the one, that, the, the couple that was already married and had the child. Like, like they're, she, they're one of the first people right. to go in with them. Mm-hmm. And they didn't live on the commune at first. I mean, later they did, and they sold all their possessions and moved on to them, but she was kind of an outsider to everybody else. Okay. Do you tell us why they're called the Ant Hill Kids, Ant Hill Kids, or do they have that name yet? No, they don't have it yet. Okay. Because that name is curious. Yeah, yeah. All right. So right around the same time when the Jonestown Massacre occurred on November 18th, 1978, remember I said they, they, they weren't the only ones going mm-hmm. into the wilderness and... You know, right. saying your family's the oppressor, the world's coming to an end. You know, it doesn't, it's not a real original thought here. <clears throat> Terrio followed the story with extreme interest, which I guess he's going into town and, you know, they must not be too far the way they can't get modern day news. He even claimed to have a vision of that a particular event like the year before. But now they were, press, they, um, <clears throat> they had a problem. The doomsday cults were now a household concern. And Terrio's followers renewed their attempts to disrupt the, like the followers' families. Were like, okay, this shit happened down in South America. This could be our families too. And we need to, so like the interest to kind of disrupt their lifestyle was vamped up again. Right. <clears throat> so the police wanted to take Terrio into custody, but they lacked evidence and were concerned that he was a danger to himself and the others. Um, Terrio did end up going willingly with them and underwent a psychological evaluation. So they didn't want to just like, I guess. So like, I'm wondering, you know, is there a particular member, one of his members whose family is like, you know, more Say, my daughter's room. there and we need to get her back or something wrong like i'm wondering if if one of those well i mean obviously if he's saying your your parents are your parents are evil and all that your family is are evil so they you know i'm just wondering exactly what they face but it must have been a lot for him to willingly go with the police well i mean and he probably just didn't want to cause a big 
you know, they are trying to live a little bit under the radar because they don't want, um, they want to live their lives and he wants to be able to continue, you know, brainwashing these people, which is essentially what he was doing. So he claimed that he wasn't the leader of this group, um, that the commune was a democracy and that they lived in peace without pros- um, promiscuity. Say the word Promiscu- promiscuity. Promiscuity. Yep. It's a P word. I have a problem with that now. Mm-hmm. He conveniently left out the parts about the food rationing, the abuse, the, poly- you know, his little harem that he's got uh-huh. here. He, you know, he leaves all that information out. And I'm assuming that he went with them by himself. So there was no one else to say what was going on. They were just kind of just talking to him. So um, the authorities realized that he was delusional. Uh-huh. And, but without any proof of him being dangerous, they had to release him. Well, I mean, I can't believe that it would be, it would be um, against the law to be delusional or even if you're thought to be dangerous. I guess if you've done something, broke a law, but. Yeah. And I mean. Unless they're talking like, yeah. Okay. Psychological. Mm -hmm. So Terrio abandoned his strict um, uh, Seventh-day Adventist diet around, around this time. He began eating more meat, junk food. Um. He prostituted Gabrielle to a local grocer for milk, meat, and cheese. So instead of paying for stuff, you know, he just prostituted these people. Oh, people out. That payment right here. Yeah. He also started drinking again because, you know, he was, had been drinking and then he got sober and lived this um, healthy, holistic lifestyle. And now he was like, fuck it, and started drinking again. He was born in 1946. So this is 1978, 79. Yeah. Yes. So 34 or so. Mm-hmm. So the first communion wine. So he started drinking first. It was the first. Com- At first, it was only first communion wine and then beer and then cognac. He began to deliver long rambling drunken sem- um, sermons, which kind of goes along with this whole stereotype of this kind of doomsday cult. I mean, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a cult. If anyone fell asleep, he would slap them with like a thick club to get their attention and to wake them up. When Maurice was pregnant, she ate more than what Terrio told her she could eat. So he punched her in the side and broke two of her ribs. Yeah. So So she's pregnant and he broke two of her ribs? Yes. And one of his favorite ways to punish people would to force them to strip naked, stand in the snow for hours. Okay. And that's one of the things that Michael Ryan would do. So like I was saying, one of his favorite punishments was to force someone to strip naked and make him stand in the snow for hours. No one would fight back, and it would be like raising a hand to God himself if they did. I mean, it just takes a desperate person to, I just, I don't get it. I don't either. And I don't think, you know, like, I mean, I don't understand how someone kills himself either. I don't understand, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, somebody with a mental illness has preyed on these, I mean, that's that's like do all these other people are they mentally ill or are they just super lonely or desperate and i guess you know when you when it comes to a point you just start believing that if somebody says you know i don't know i just it wasn't it probably just it started off slowly and it just kind of i mean so people started leaving like at this point so jacques how many people are there because i wasn't sure well like i said there was like how many are left if people are have already they've been leaving well, two left. So that was, there was probably like 12. I'd have to go back to the, to the other slides to see. Okay. I don't, I just don't remember how many people were there. Um, and then the two 
the French girl and her friend left. Then, um, well, someone tried to leave and she got them back. And then, um, so I think like four people have left so far. So there might be like eight, eight to six. Well, then Jacques, Jacques wanted to leave. So Terrio told the others that he had been taken by the devil. So as for the others, all of this served only to make, to, to make everything worse. And they would write letters. Yeah. I'm not saying that word. <laughs> you you say know it. what it means? Obsequious? No, you tell me. Um, more like obedient to them, like more, uh, more wanting to kiss their his ass. Mm-hmm. So they would write letters to him. Mm-hmm. You, you want to hear one? Sure. Hello, Poppy, Pappy, Papa, whatever they call him. Mm-hmm. I am writing you. I am writing about what you said on the subject of nutrition. It is very true. I nibble a damnable fault, which I never again repeat. I will never again repeat. I thought of ingesting such a large quantity of food in so little time discourages me. Even if I work outside the entire day without eating, I ask that you forgive me. If it is stealing, I did not recognize it. I did not realize it. Realize it. I'm sorry. It It is the fault which causes my plumpness. I do not want to be fat and plump and, and plump servant. I do not want to be a fat and plump servant. That is too ugly next to a man that you are. I don't know what to think about everything and the meaning of my actions. I only know that I will not repent. I will not repeat them. And I don't speak lightly. I wish to be a true servant to you, my master. Alert, vigorous, and uh, excuse me, with a clear and lively spirit and well-balanced to serve you every moment of my life. I have a long way to go. Thank so you. Yeah. Oh my God. So he's telling them how fat they are and he's like keeping the food away from, Oh Lord. Yep. I love you. Hogla, Hogla, who was Francine. Cause remember he changed all their names. Mm-hmm. So, so because he was just so terrible to them that they would write him letters like this. I mean, that just is so, like, please, I mean, begging for forgiveness. Yeah. I think that this would be a perfect opportunity to hear from our sponsors. Awesome. Let's hear from Yarn. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a minute to tell you, as you all know, but even I need an occasional break. So when I feel like I need to a simpler world, I always, best fiends is play right on your phone. has challenging puzzles. No worries at all is a casual, relaxing game. It's really, really fun. See, Best Fiends, adorable little characters who are tasked with who are rampaging and rounding up Best Fiends. This is a vibrant and creative world with almost 40 unique fiends in the Best Fiends world. Even better, new fiends are added all the time. My goal is to collect them all, so I always check the news to the family. This week, let me tell you about Vincent. Vincent is a melancholy moon who specializes in nighttime that is, when he's pumping into light bulbs. Strategic air support? Vincent is your guy, and he's your mom. Anyway, I love finding a new favorite character to spotlight each Best Fiends levels and events, so it never gets so true crime-loving listeners millions of others who love this app. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute... Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile download Best Fiends on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R best fiends. Hey everybody, we wanted to take a moment to tell you about this week's sponsor, Yarn. Have you ever wanted to snoop through other people's text messages and not feel guilty about it? Want to enter a world of suspense for just a few minutes at a time? Well, then you need to check out the Yarn app. 
The Yarn app features some of the best hit series out there. Every yarn story is told as a short text message, and it seems like you are actually reading someone else's drama unfold right through your phone. Whether it's a hypothetical conversation between two of your favorite celebs, a frantic group chat after accidentally liking an ex's photo on Instagram, or those suspenseful mysteries you just can't get enough of, Yarn lets you tap through it all. Check it out for yourself. The Yarn app features some of the hottest series that millions, yeah, you heard that right, millions have already binged, like Mystery Dog, Modern Dating, and Haunted Camper. The format is a little different than traditional TV series. Imagine binging your favorite characters and series through text interactions right through your phone. Experience these characters coming to life. Watch the real-life drama unfold through your phone. Download Yarn now. You can tap through the most addictive and immersive stories today only on Yarn. Trust me. With over 27 million downloads, Yarn is a must-play. Download Yarn for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Y-A-R-N. Download it today to watch, read, and listen to all your favorite fiction stories. From steamy to horror, Yarn has it all. Hey, welcome back. Hi, how are you? <laughs> all right, so we left off before the break with a sample letter that right. people would write, you know, when they felt you know yeah bad for feeling hungry oh i'm such a bad oh please forgive me yeah all right so maris began talking about leaving i mean people were like okay is she walking around with like broken ribs right now still (laughs) pregnant i mean did she go to the doctor or anything yes so because she's like ready to to get the hell out of there terrio instructed her husband jacques they were husband and wife in the eyes of the lord and, and the law excuse me Never mind that it was the eyes of the Lord. It's the eyes of the law. Moses did not recognize their marriage. So he told her husband to cut off her toes. Mm. <laughs> Why? Why? So she wants to leave, but her husband doesn't. And her husband's like really listening to the sky right now. Yes, yes. Cut off her toes with an axe. Okay. Ooh, my toes are like curled up right now. Uh, yeah. So the husband was like, um, yeah, I don't think so. And he started to taunt him. Terrio started to taunt the husband, saying, what are you, a faggot? What? what? Yeah. That's a direct quote. That's not me. Um, okay. So it says, don't you have any balls? If you want to be a man, you have to learn how to teach your woman a lesson. Okay, so let's teach our woman a lesson by cutting off her toes. With an axe. With an axe. So she started to cry, and Terrio grabbed the axe and threatened to cut off all her toes himself. So... Oh my God. Reluctantly, Jacques took the axe and severed one of his wife's small toes. Aren't they all small? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like a- and with an axe? Because how could you miss all the other toes? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my toes are. Maybe it was a hatchet. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Lord. So after that, Jacques became Moses' enforcer. Oh my God. I guess he grew, grew a pair of balls and now he was the enforcer. Okay, I'm sorry. Is that what it takes? I guess. Uh. <laughs> Whoa. I know my toes are just like eh. Okay, I'm my stomach has turned. Oh, it get it gets worse. It gets worse. Yeah. Mm. So that's why I said that this might have to be Okay, I get it. More yeah. than, you know. And it's just a lot of information. So the prophetic day, February seventeenth, came and went without any second coming. 
not mm-hmm. the last, not the first time, not the last time that's happened. Right. According to Terio, divine, divine, def, divining exact dates from the messages of God was a difficult business for anyone, you know, us mere mortals. So as right. times, time passes, um, he just has more and more, like he just gets, he gets more and more crazy to this. And as time passes differently for him than for them, which I don't really don't understand that, that quote. So, well, he's in biblical time. I mean, yeah. who knows? So to shock and horror of the, of the families of his followers, this was enough to keep their group together. So, you know, February 17th came and went, he's like, well, you know, we're just mere mortals and it's hard to decipher those exact you know, dates when God's talking and understands it. <laughs> that he is. Well, I mean, you know, like, like, what was it? Abraham lived and Moses lived. I mean, they like, however many years they live, like 153 years or something. Yeah. Abraham. And, and I'm not sure, like, I'm not a biblical scholar or, or anything, but to have a child when you're that old, because Sarah also got pregnant. When she was dead. So maybe the time. He was 75 was when Isaac was born. That's old to well, be having yeah. a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so as i was saying this was you know the families are like what the fuck why are y'all still hanging out with this man and after all the end could come any day now right so i mean so Chantel labry's parents obtained a court order for a round of psychiatric tests for their daughter when the two police officers showed up to the compound um terrio was like no and sent them on their way so i, I don't know how he could just repel them off without, if they had a court order, but maybe Canadian law is different or just, it was a different time. So about a month later, only four days after Quebec city, Les Soleil published a story on the group entitled, they are happy and free to leave if they wish. Where have we heard that before? Mm-hmm. The, the article referred to Terrio as their spiritual father, which included quotes from an interview from some of the fled member you know he did an interview with them in which he stated that the group was um, democratically run and 10 officers set a helicopter down on eternal mountain and they arrested terrio for obstruction of justice and then he was ordered by the court to undergo psychological evaluation so a month later four days after this article came out which had an interview with the jacques guy the -hmm. police came in and um with a court order for him to go under psychological evaluation again how many psychological evaluations does he does one need to go through before they deem him out of his mind well i don't know that answer (laughs) i mean it just because he already had one they went willingly well and but you said that he was not deemed a danger to anyone else so are they seeing are they checking to see if he's a danger to them now yeah like maybe his mental illness has gotten worse maybe that's what they're you know keeping tabs on him So while he was gone, Giselle maintained the morale of the commune during Moses's absence. When the family of the other cult members tried to visit them to try to talk some sense into everyone, they were treated coldly and made clear that they were unwelcome. I'm surprised they even told them where they were, but I guess they had to at some point. So meanwhile, Terrio was integrating himself to the doctors. He claimed that he had saved these kids from self-dissolution of drugs and put them on the right track. So he is their savior. The director of the hospital at which Terrio was confirmed, I mean, confined, began referring to the patient as Moses. (laughs) So 
Is he picking up another follower, maybe? Yeah, sounds like it. Dan expressed his scorn for the public that had reflexively assumed that just because Terrio had a different lifestyle and, um, and had been sent for evaluation, he was crazy. Well, he sounds pretty fucking crazy to me. Well, I mean, but they're not getting the, the stories of, you know, he, he's, I mean, does, do, does the doctor know that he was requiring someone to sever off someone else's toes? I'm assuming that. Does the doctor know that he busted the ribs of a six-month pregnant woman? Or that he makes them strip down and stand naked in the snow. Or that he refuses to give them food and proper nutrition. Or so, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of things that they don't, that they don't know. Right. So, yeah. So he was released from the hospital early. Mm. Judged fit to stand trial for obstruction of justice. Remember how he sent the police officers away? So given a one-year suspended sentence. The median, the median, the media began to portray him as a gentle mountain man that had run afoul of a prejudiced industrial society. He's just trying to live his life. Leave him alone. In the eyes of his followers, this only proved that he was an emissary of God, just as he said he was. So he's like, see, I said it, and now it is. If psychiatric experts couldn't find anything wrong with him from their position of objectivity, how could they, his most intimate family? So if the doctors can't find out that I'm crazy, can't see that I'm crazy, then I am completely sane and I am an emissary of God and you must believe that. And they're so like blinded by him. So Gabrielle was the, the young lady with multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. You know, the one he pimped out to the, for milk and cheese. Um, so she went into a coma and died short, you know, shortly after he came home from the hospital. Terrio wanted to buy her, bury her at the foot of Eternal Mountain, but she was taken by the authorities for an autopsy. They found no signs of foul play, but Terrio swore if any, if anyone else died on the commune, their body would stay there. Yeah. We're not going to, and we're not going to bring any kind of authorities in anymore. Right. There's too much investigation. So by November 1980, they picked up a new guy. All right. Guy Veer. He was the first new member of the group since the um, Healthy Living Clinic. He had undergone treatment for depression at the hospital, the same hospital that declared Terrio mentally sound. So he had met him there is what I'm guessing, right? Or no? After hearing about Terrio on television. But I kind of wonder if he went to that hospital and if he was already there and then that doctor... You know, I don't know. It just seems a little, because the one who, the doctor was calling him Moses. Uh-huh. Like, I wonder if that doctor was his doctor. Does that make sense? So after hearing about Terriel on television, he decided he would head into the hill, head into the hills, into the hills to look for Terrio. After Gabrielle's examination, after her passing and her examination, Veer was permitted to stay at the commune in a storage shed away from Terrio and his family. So I guess, you know, he was still kind of an outsider. So you can stay, but you got to, you got to hang out over there until we trust you. So he would get a small wood stove, a case of 24 bottles of homebrew beer, two hens, a rooster, and one meal a day. So, so wait, he would get a case of beer. (laughs) (laughs) That was okay. Here are your rations for the day. A case of beer. I mean, yeah. And then he would get 
one meal a day, but he okay, also had no, two no. He got all of that and a meal a day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like what? He's getting a case of beer a day. I mean, what were the two hens and a rooster? His pets? Well, you know, you raise them. You get eggs from that. Um, So Veer's job, in addition to his normal responsibilities of chopping wood, storing food rations for the the winter, and continuing construction on Moses' growing wood cabin palace. Ooh, and now it's a palace. Um, His job was to babysit the group's three non-Terio children. Samuel was two, Miriam was four, and they are siblings. And then there was Simon, too, who was the son of Solange and Claude during their brief marriage. And that marriage was the, you know, the... This um, is so much like the Peter Moses one that I did. Remember, he ended uh up killing that baby that wasn't his? Yes. Oh, that was sad. So Terrio had three children of his own living at the commune. One by Giselle, one by Solange, and one by Nicole. And then he's got... You know, he had those kids with his first wife. But she's not there. No, not. Mm-mm. Veer was mentally unstable. So, so the, was only fit to look after animals and the children who didn't, who weren't of Rocha's seed. Don't fucking talk to me about your seed. You hear that word. Okay. Please don't ever say that again. Oh, <laughs> you have such a flair for the dramatic right now. <laughs> I know. Because I know what's coming. And I'm like, Ur. So on March 23rd, 1980, Terrio organized a party. Because so he's like throwing a party yeah. at the cabin. Yes. Okay. Because I don't say organize. I organize a party. It's like, I threw a party. Yeah, he's throwing a party. That's why I think that's what threw me off. I'm like, organize a party of oh, you're saying- search, like a search party. Or that's what I was like thinking yeah, in my yeah. head. Okay. So he's, so he's throwing this party because his two sons from his first marriage, Francine, I guess they're badass kids and it's time they need their dad and, you know, she's booting them on out to the compound. Ooh. So Roche Jr., 12, yeah. Francois, 10, were coming to live with their dad on the commune. Um, but Veer, or whatever his name is, remember, he's not mentally stable. Right. He's oh, the guy that's out in the shed with the chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And he's only allowed to watch the kids that aren't of Moses' seed. (laughs) You promised not to say that again. Oh, I get to say it again later. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go ahead. So there are, something happens and there's two versions of what happens. Okay. Okay. Official version is that one is one was given in the court by Terrio. Guy okay. here and, and most of the commune members. So they all kind of like agree. According to this version, Samuel was crying that night and keeping Veer awake. Veer lost his temper and started screaming at the child to be quiet, then picking up the two-year-old by the throat, and he <sighs> plunged his fist into the child's face five or six times. The next day, Terrio discovered what had happened and placed Samuel under the care of Gabrielle, nurse for the group. Okay. So this must be a different Gabrielle. These people all have the same names, and that throws me off. Allegedly, baby Samuel's head was flopping around on his neck. <clears throat> his penis was swollen. And Roche took a pair of scissors 
And after sterilizing him with alcohol, he lanced Samuel's penis to permit urine. Oh, no, I'm going to throw up. Oh, my God. Okay. I have so many questions. The next morning, Samuel was found dead. Okay. So I'm sorry. When you're not, when your head is flopping around in your neck, is that like, and what happened to this child's penis? I don't know. Your penis does not just swell up. Oh, my God. Poor baby. Oh. So this is the official account that is accepted by the courts. So according to an um, article, Savage Messiah, or a book rather, um, by Paul Kalia and Ross Laver, I don't know, Giselle tells a different story. So according to Giselle, Samuel's face was bruised on the morning of the 24th of March, but there was nothing else wrong with him. However, Terrio decided that the child needed to be circumcised. Mm-mm-mm. He used the 94% ethanol solution to do more than sterilize the razor, though. He also poured some of the rubbing into a rubbing bowl, a rubber bulb, which he squeezed into Samuel's mouth. Mm, This may have been enough to cause his death from alcohol poisoning. That is just terrible. Yeah, there's so much wrong with this. So after hearing about her death, after her child's death, Maris goes back to work. At dinner that night... Terrio suggested that they that they cremate the baby. Okay. Because if they bury the baby, birds and bears might get them. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's gonna attract bears and birds and and other prey. Yeah. Right. Not prey. Predators. I'm sorry. Yeah. Maris and her husband Jacques, they agreed. Well then Claude cremated the baby. I'm not gonna I just will leave it at that. All right. Then um life at the commune went back to normal. Oh my God. Because a circumcision is like a holy, it's supposed to be like a holy covenant, right? Mm-hmm. Between um, a, a boy and God or. Yeah. So I mean, it's like. Trying a, to act, he's trying to do this act as a holy covenant or something is what I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh, and it, it didn't work out. So everything was kind of normal, I guess, as normal as it is on the commune. Everything was running kind of smoothly for about six months. But one night in September, a drunken Moses became really angry with Veer for some menial like infraction and decided that he should stand trial for his crimes of the previous March. So he got drunk and basically just said, you know, now I'm pissed off at you because you suck and now you need to stand trial for what happened in March. I'm still pissed off about that. So he appointed Jacques, the baby's father, to be the judge. Giselle would be the prosecution, would be the prosecutor, and Claude, the lawyer for the defense. Gabrielle, who was the nurse, would act as the coroner, and Roche's other six wives would act as the jury. All right, you with me? Yes. Okay. The trial lasted one hour, and the verdict was not guilty by reason of insanity. So they were like, this dude is a crazy mofo. I mean, the whole, this whole scene was crazy. I know. I know. I mean, okay. Crazy. He's not the only crazy mofo. He's got crazy mofos calling him a crazy mofo. <laughs> right? This That's seem, crazy. This doesn't seem real. It seems like a bad movie. I really, I do not know. Are you sure this isn't the plot of a movie? This is awful. This is, this is like a Night Shyamalan movie. M. Night Shyamalan, whatever his name is. So Terrio was not 
satisfied with this with this decision. So uh, after- not, that, because they called him insane or because he said he was totally innocent. But saying not guilty by reason of insanity is not innocent. I mean, it's just that you were totally out of your mind. No, are, is he mind. saying I'm not guilty at all because I didn't do it? Like if if the baby really died because of alcohol poisoning and you know but complications he of a cast. But he's thinking, well, we would have never been there if you wouldn't have been beating on him. All right. I guess. Because she did say that took place. It was just the other stuff didn't take place until, like, his penis wasn't swollen from the beating, like you said. He, the the Terrio guy then decided he was going to circumcise him. So, like I said, Terrio was not satisfied with this, this decision. And a couple of hours later, he took Jacques aside and suggested that they castrate Veer. Oh, that's a good way to handle it. Yeah. Jacques didn't like that idea, but Terrio called another vote. <laughs> that's so funny. Terrio and Jonathan goes, Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're never going to get this. <laughs> I'm sorry. So sorry. Okay. So. <laughs> so of a jury of 10 including roast jr now he's got his freaking 12 year old on the jury only three votes against against the new motion jacques maris and giselle everyone else was in favor of castration yes what does a 12 year old know about castration oh he's probably crazy yeah all right so veer who had stayed quiet through the whole evening was obviously not wanting to be castrated. <laughs> but Terrio actually talked him into it. Okay. Yeah. He claimed it would cure ears <coughs> headaches. As well as his excessive masturbation that was causing Veer's respiratory difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> you can't breathe. You must be checking on Twitch. Oh my God. Oh Lord. He explained that in the hierarchy of the group, Veer <laughs> was a slave. And that if he underwent castration, he would become an, an Enoch. <laughs> Wait till you read the very last <laughs> I know what it says. <laughs> so he would go from slave to Enoch, and which was a step up. That's unique. <laughs> Enoch was was someone else I knew. That Enoch. was the one named Enoch. <laughs> oh, Lord, <laughs> just say Enoch. <laughs> I don't know that word. A eunuch. You don't know what a eunuch is? Is it eunuch? <laughs> a eunuch? Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so they went. I'm showing um, my ditziness, aren't I? You really are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a eunuch is like, um, uh, let's say that there's a like a, guy a with hierarchy? a harem, a, a, hi- okay. a harem, and okay. so you want to guard your harem against other invading men or whatever, but you mm-hmm. don't want to have men guarding them who are going to get erections and want to rape your women. So you castrate them and then they're your like eunuchs. Like they're your guards. Okay. Okay. And, but that was be a step up from the slave. So they was like, you'll no longer be a slave. You'll be this. (laughs) Enoch. (laughs) 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 So (laughs) 
anyway. Oh, Lord, this is too funny. He asked Veer to write a letter of consent. <laughs> he said that he wouldn't make Veer sign it if he didn't want to, though. Veer signed it. This cannot. Terrio had Veer lie on the kitchen table as Gabrielle fetched the medical <laughs> instrument. Put the penis on the table and just use the axe. So an elastic band, a razor blade, a magnifying mm. glass, a pair of tweezers, and ethanol. The operation itself was painless. How do you know? And the testicles were discarded in a Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> Although veneers or veneers, veneers scrotum him bled for a week. Gabrielle gave him a new salt water compressed every 20 minutes. He ensured and ensured he got plenty of iron in his diet. <laughs> God. Paul Veer never complained of another headache. This is way too much. Okay, wait a minute. First of all, how do you know? How do they know how to castrate someone? Well, this guy is lying on the kitchen table. I'm surprised they didn't just rub, give him a rubber band like they do goats. Until they just put a rubber band around his balls. And <laughs> <laughs> they used a pair of tweezers. I don't know. What on earth did they do to this poor man? I know this poor guy, but he never complained about another headache. <laughs> <laughs> they took his testicles off. <gasps> Lord, this is um, sick. What yeah. the hell? So Terrio felt that now veneer or veer was a was a security risk you think <laughs> <laughs> and he enjoyed tormenting him beating him and playing games in which he would instruct his followers to pierce veer through the chest with knives and bleed him to death only to call them off like god called off abraham from sacrificing i at the you know so like at the very last minute mm -hmm. i mean so on November 5th, Veer escaped the village <laughs> where he told villagers that a baby had died after being kicked by a horse. The police oh, raided the compound. That's really all the police needed, right? They just need a body. Yep. Right. So the police raided the compound, arrested Terrio, Samuel's parents, and relocated the seven children to foster homes. They found the child's remains, and the commune members told the story of Veer beating the child. They also found Veer's letter of consent to castration, even the ballots that had been used for the vote, and no one was no one questioned by the police was at all upset or even embarrassed of what had happened. That's, or of having involved a 12-year-old boy in the decision. I have a lot of questions about what really happened. But. Oh, yeah. After the coroner determined that the group was criminally responsible for the death of Samuel, the police made the following charges. Roche Terrio, Jacques Grier, Maris Grainer, Gabrielle Lavalle, and Guy Veer were all charged with criminal negligence causing bodily harm to Samuel. Claude, who burned the body, was charged with obstruction of justice. Jacques and, Jacques and Maris, were Maris were charged with neglect towards their oldest daughter, who was now five. Claude and Solange were charged similarly for the treatment of Simon, who was three. Terrio and Lavalle were also charged with bodily harm with intent to mutilate Guy Veer. All of the accused pleaded not guilty. Jacques, Maris, Claude, Solange, and Guy were released on their own recognizance on the condition they did not return to the cabin. 
Terrio and Lavalle were denied bail as they were held to be a danger to society. Wow. So, and you said that this is going to be at least one or two more series. So we know that he's going to get out and he is twisted. Yes. Oh my God. This guy is twisted. Yep. Okay. I mean, this is pretty, I mean, I'm sorry. I laughed so hard, but like, like some of the stuff that you cited. Who, <laughs> so no, it just doesn't even, even seem like. Not, I mean, and then what you were saying, but yeah, it is. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to hear more. And it's still want to know why they're called like, the no kids. like this is yeah. a case that really took place. This isn't like one of those um, where like a blog where someone's just making up some bullshit. This really and, and really, you know, and I don't mean to laugh. It's so hard because I would never laugh like at Jonestown or anything, but I think that is because I actually saw pictures and it was on TV when I was younger. But with this, you know, I, I find it so laughable in a way because it, to me, it's so unbelievable that people fall for this and do this. Like it doesn't seem real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh. just, I mean, it is kind of comical in the way that the, you know, the re- yeah. this article that I got a lot of this from the way it's like, yeah, that is you know, funny. Just... Well, I can't wait to hear more next week. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. stay tuned, everyone. Awesome. I will. Okay, so thanks so much for listening to this week's murder. We appreciate sharing our passion with you, and we thank you for your support. If you'd like to support us even further, please consider subscribing to our podcast and giving us a five-star rating with a comment. Your subscription and ratings are essential to our success. You can do this on your favorite platform, and for more information and links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com. Yes, we are so grateful to spend our time together to share our murderous stories. Thank you so much for your support. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for your support and your comments. We, we got a good comment the other day, didn't we? Who we was did. that? Okay. We did get a good one. So please recommend us, um, It Wasn't Me, to your true crime-loving friends and family. Also, thank you to our Patreon supporters. You are the extra. You too can become one of our beloved patrons by signing up at patreon.com forward slash it wasn't me. Thanks again, guys. And remember, it wasn't me. me.